We are back again. Um, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> uh, Craig Osika himself. Uh, let me give a little rundown on Craig. Uh, met you about a year ago now, man. Um, yep. he, was, he was able to, to, to help me, essentially got the job for me at Hobart High School where I currently work. I coach under Craig. Um, we'll talk about the season, last season, and obviously a little bit, um, you know, heading into this season, kind of the outlook. But a wonderful coach, a wonderful man, a great guy, someone I, I look up to, man, and someone that does things the right way. So a little bit of a rundown for Coach. He is the head football coach at Hobart High School, which is his alma mater. He's also the dean of students. He is a retired NFL veteran, um, played for the San Francisco 49ers, played for the Cleveland Browns, and also played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was the 2019 Post Tribune Coach of the Year recipient. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, he led Hobart to its first regional title since 1996, and the team last year finished 11-3. He's also a true family man. Has a lovely wife, Stephanie, and two beautiful daughters, Ava and Elle. So uh, if you want to elaborate on any of that, you definitely can. Uh, I know they want to hear from you. Knocked it out of the park with that. You got everything right. <laughs> I did my research, man. You also work with you every day. So yeah. <laughs> anything you want to elaborate on? or? No, I think we're good. I think you got everything under control. Uh, I think you nice, did, did nice. a good job describing who I am and, and, and where I've been. Mm -hmm. Good. So my first question is you went from – obviously playing in the NFL um, to becoming a, what was it, a production supervisor for U.S. Steel um, to doing medical sales to now in your current role as head football coach and dean of students at Hobart High School. Uh, why such a unique path? Well, I, you know, you, did, you take a unique path when, when uh, I got done playing in the NFL. I was only 25 when I actually retired. So obviously I, I didn't make enough money to – say, hey, I'm just going to live the rest of my life on an island or, or, or just be retired. So um, at that point, I, took, I did take a year off and, and just kind of regrouped and relaxed. Uh, I put myself in a situation to be able to do that financially. Um, but uh, it, at that point, I, it, I was trying to get into medical sales, um, didn't have any luck, and then uh, an opportunity to – go work at U.S. Steel, which is, is a big industry in our area and, and employs yeah. a lot of people. And, um, you know, came, came, came really just kind of fell on my lap. It was a friend of a friend that introduced me and, and guy said, hey, come on out, take a look at it, see if you like it. And I just kind of was going out there to take a look at it and got done talking to me, offered me the job. And at that nice. point, you know, I was like, well, I don't have anything really else going on right now. And, um, you know, and, and took the job. And I did that for about a year. And I actually liked the job. It was fun. And, and I got to meet a lot of unique people and, and work with a lot of different people and uh, had an opportunity to um, see part of, you know, kind of what makes our area tick. And, and, you know, if you've never been in the steel mill and seen the steel mill, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that you really can't believe. Um, and, and once you're there actually seeing it, like really seeing it, on, you know, on the internet and, and seeing videos of it doesn't do it justice. But um, I did like that job and I, I did it for about a year. Um, and then another opportunity came up where uh, another friend of mine um, actually knew, a, knew of a company in Atlanta, Georgia, that was had a sales position open for Chicagoland area. Uh, it was called End Range of Motion Improvement. And what we did is we did, uh, so medical uh, 
uh, rehab devices to patients that had usually, you know, total knees or uh, had shoulder reconstruction surgery that helped with their end range of motion. Um, so I did that for, for about a year and a half, almost two years. Um, and then that's when the kind of the, we had the, the housing market crash in 2009 when the economy really kind of took yep. them. Um, and they were restructuring. They wanted to restructure the Chicagoland area. Um, and it just didn't work out for me. They, they, what they did is they pretty much essentially kind of took 70% of my sales um, territory away from me and wanted me to reestablish Indiana. And at that point, I didn't want to read yeah. And I And I had missed coaching. I was coaching sporadically off and on um, ever since I retired from the NFL and knew that I really wanted to coach full time. And, and, and knowing that the only way that I was going to be able to do that and invest my time in coaching was to get into education, really. Um, you know, the sales job gave me an opportunity to work my own hours, but it's still really cut into the coaching aspect of uh, being able to coach full time. So I just made, sat down with my wife or and just remember it like yesterday, we were sitting on the back uh, deck of our house and I told her, I'm like, listen, I go, I want to go back to school. I know this is the perfect time. We're making a transition within the company here. I have to re-up my contract um, and I don't mm -hmm. want to do that. And, and I really would like to really look into going back to school to be, become a teacher. Uh, and in all reality, that's what I want the IU for was, was to become the do education. I kind of got talked out of it um, and, and went the, the school of public environmental affairs route. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I look back at it and, and we did have to make some sacrifices. We sold our house and we actually moved in wow. with my parents for a year and a half. And I went to school full time and, and I drove to the Rensselaer, which is a 45 minute to an hour drive away every day, five days a week, to, <laughs> Uh, for a year and a half and, and a lot and of miles three so um looking back it was a major sacrifice and i thank my wife for doing mm -hmm. it but um i i couldn't be happier about the decision i made um you know I, I really enjoy my job every day uh and and it it's been a long journey and it's been kind of a crazy journey and um but all the experiences i've had um you know from the mill to doing the sales um has really helped me become the coach and, and kind of become the administrator that I am today. Yeah. And, and I mean, you talked about it being sort of a, a unique path and a windy road and, you know, you have a lot of different experiences and, um, you know, I think for a lot of former athletes, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of them will tell you it's a unique situation when you go from the sporting world to the real world. And that's a lot of the reason why, um, you know, I'm doing this podcast because I want to highlight, you know, obviously coaches and uh, players and, you know, uh, people that are heavily involved in sports, um, you know, as players and coaches, but I also want to highlight administrators, um, dean of students, uh, athletic trainers, uh, people within the marketing departments um, when it comes to sports, like, because there are a lot of different opportunities within sports that are outside of just being the athlete. Um, yeah. And 1% of us are able to actually be the athlete. Um, yep. And actually, and you did it. Um, and even with three years in the NFL, that's still not enough. Twenty-five when you retire. So you know, at some point, you have to get into the real world and get a real job. And um, you know, I, I think it's advantageous for, especially young athletes, to think, okay, well, if I don't become a professional athlete, what others, what other things in sports? If I like sports so much, what other roles can I have in sports? And, you know, being a, being a head coach at the high school level is pretty darn good. So Absolutely. And I, and I will tell you that it, it was a struggle. I mean, when someone tells you that you're not good enough to play the sport that you played your entire life and that you love and it's taken away from you, I, I had a real hard time with it. And, and yeah. I, I battled some 
you know, a little bit of depression when it came to that. And, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty open with our players about that. And I, I battled some other, you know, demons when it, when it came to, you know, trying to handle that and I didn't handle it appropriately. Um, and that was one of the big changes that kind of pushed me to, hey, I got to make a life decision here and say, hey, I got to figure out what I want to do. Otherwise, I'm going down the wrong path here and, and it's not going to end well. So um, it, it's hard. I mean, when, you, when you're taken out of a locker room atmosphere and, and you've been around football for, you know, I, I started when I was in seventh grade. So you figure I played, you know, eight, nine, ten. I played, you know, what at that point was it 13, 14 years of my life? I was yeah. only 25, so more than half my life I had played football and been part of it. And then they said, you can't do it anymore. Um, it was hard. And, yeah. and it is hard. And and I still look back at it. And, you know, I wish that there's things that I would have done in my career that maybe would have made things a little bit different. But, um, you know, I had a chance. And, and, you know, like you said, you know, less than 1% of people get an opportunity to, to play in the, you know, the professional sports, whether it's you know, NFL for in my case or NBA. Um, right. You know, unless I was able to do that. I was able to do it for three years. And then I was able to set myself up for my future retirement. But, uh it was a struggle when, when I got done, it was, it was a soul searching yeah. effort to figure out what was going to make me happy. Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback on that, like I went through a little bit of, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Like, um, you know, and, and it can be tough because again, you, you, you play a sport, you do something, you're in a really you're in a routine since you're a kid. And for that to completely stop, um, and then again, you're an adult and you have to think about, well, how am I going to support myself? And then how am I going to support a family? And, you know, you're thinking about, you know, what you're going to do for the majority of your life. And for a lot of people, it can be tough and it can be a, a really tough transition because, you know, if you haven't really thought about that in depth and you don't really have a game plan, you're, you're stuck. And that's well, and tough. I'll tell you, one of the, one of the, 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 one of the real hard things about it too, is when, you know, you get and, and people know what what professional athletes make, and you get in that situation, you start getting those paychecks. That too, and then yeah. They take it away from you, and then it's like I, I remember I sat with my wife, and, and I had bought a house, and we were living in, in Valpo, and I looked at her, and I'm like, and I panicked. I'm like, I how I was like, how the hell are we going to survive? And and you know, and and, and you know, knowing that I wasn't going to get my NFL paychecks, and and but then she like really said like she goes, Craig, think about this. She goes people survive. She goes, not, nobody makes that type of money, really. And there's a very small percentage of people in the world that make that money. But when you're 24, 25 years old, and that's all you, your first job out of college yeah. is the NFL. And you're yeah. money. And I mean, I was, trust me, I was, I was a, a league minimum guy. Yeah. But league minimum yes. was a lot nicer a lot. than what anybody else was making that I graduated college with. All right. And, and to have that taken away and, and say, okay, we'll figure it out. That was a panic mode for me. Yeah. And, I, and I feel for, you know, a lot of guys, young guys that, you know, I, I had a, a, you know, a, a nice support system that, you know, helped me through that with parents and, and, and people that, you know, kind of helped talk me through that. And, and there's people out there that they don't have that support system. And, and I feel bad for some of those young guys that, you know, it, it gets taken away from them after one year, two year, three years, and, and then they got to figure it out. And, you know, and a lot of guys that I played with did not spend their money wisely. Um, yeah. You know, and it's a scary thing to see some of those guys like, holy cow, what are you doing? And, and, and you're not taking advantage of some of the things that are provided for you. But, you know, there's so much when it's taken away from you. There's so many things that go through your head and there's so much adjustment that it, it makes it very, it's a very difficult, you know, one, two, three years before you kind of get your, your, your life back together and, and, yeah. and really get something that, you know, 
to figure it out. And literally, it took me it took me four years after I retired from the NFL to kind of get in a place where I was happy. Yeah. Um, you know, because I really wasn't happy working at USD. I really wasn't happy doing medical sales. Um, obviously, going back to school was not something that excited me, but it was a, it was a it was a means to an end. I had to do it. But until I, I started, you know, teaching. And, and I'll be honest, in my first teaching job, I made $32,000 a year. It's a big difference yeah. from a uh, league minimum. <laughs> I made that in a week in the right. right. Uh, so I went from making that in a week to, to making that in a year. Um, and, and But you know what? I, I, I had not – that was the happiest I ever was. And, and, and I really looked at it. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know what? Doesn't, money doesn't matter. You're happy, yeah. You can't put a price on that. I'm happy. I was working. I was, I was the strength conditioning coordinator at the time. I was in the weight room all day. And I was coaching football and I was doing what I loved. And I'm like, I don't care if I get paid $10 a year. I just right. like Right, right. And something to be said about happiness, man. You know, you hear it, you know, you can't put a price on it. And for, again, people that are coming up in sports and you heard it, I heard it, you know, most athletes hear it, have a plan, have a, have a secondary plan, have a, have a third plan. Um, you really have to. And with all the information that's out there, there are a lot of roles out there that you can find that I'm sure a lot of people, again, especially if you play college sports, you have more connections than you think. So start thinking about, okay, when college, or I'm sorry, when your career is over athletically, what are you going to do? What are you going to find to do? And, and, and I think you, you've known me long enough and you've heard me talk to some of our guys on the team that, you know, I, I'm honest with them. Like, I, you know, we got, everybody thinks they're a division one athlete. And, and, you know, and, and I, and I, we have very, very few guys are, um, mm -hmm. I, and I, I have a guy that comes to me and says, Hey, I want to play D1. I I'm honest with him. I'm like, you're, you're not, you know, you're not a division one guy. A lot but of coaches I, wouldn't do that. They wouldn't yeah, be able I'm to not be trying honest. To you. I'm not trying to say that you're not a good high school football player, right. but, but I, I don't want to set you up for failure either. And, and I want to make sure that we got your mind right. And we got you on a path that, Maybe you're an NAIA, NAIA guy or you're a D3 guy. Maybe we can get that. Maybe your career is over after high school. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm brutally honest with our guys. And, and I think that, that it goes a long way with them. I think it goes a long way with their families. Um, but, you know, and, and, but I also think it goes a long way. Um, and they trust my opinion because mm -hmm. I, I was there and I did it. And, and, I, and, and I have guys on my staff like you that were there and did it. Um, you know, there, there's very few guys on our staff that didn't move on and play at some level of college um, in football, whether it was Division Two, II, Division Three, Division One. And I think that that's that's a very nice thing to have on our staff that our kids can relate to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of times where kids get the perception, "Oh, I'm going to go play D1," and their parents are, and and somebody at some point's got to tell them, "Like that's not that's not the case." Yeah, yeah, and, and to be honest, and if you're playing any college sport at any level, it's a job. Yep. It's a, it's a true job. And, you know, it's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay. I knew a lot of guys that were way more talented than me going into college that did not finish. That either did not finish at Indiana or just simply did not finish college. And, again, they were way more talented than I ever was. But, you know, you, you got to have that stick to itiveness and you got to be able to, you know, be organized. You have to be able to, um, you know, work on the days you don't want to because it's totally different in high school. It's if you miss a day in college, especially if you're not a top dog, that may be your last day. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. So um, obviously, you know, your current role 
um, on the football side of things, you are the head coach of Hobart High School, as mentioned. Um, you're going into your third season as the head coach. How do you think you have matured as a head coach? Well, I think that, you know, I was in a very fortunate situation uh, as an assistant coach. And when our previous head coach, Ryan Thurley, got the job, um, you know, he kind of at, at that point said, hey, you're my assistant head coach uh, right off the bat. And, and you know, I, I, he had me alongside with him every decision that was made as far as the program goes. Um, and and th that helped groom me into the position that I'm in now. Now, I will tell you when I took over as the head coach that there's so much more that I didn't see, um, you know, and yeah, I was with him hand in hand in almost everything. But, you know, there, there's so much that goes into, you know, the, the, the scheduling of the, the, the offseason. And, you know, I was in charge of offseason weights and conditioning. But as far as like making the calendars and making sure getting getting your team, organizing 75 to 80 kids to go to IU every year. What a nightmare. I mean, it Crazy. is a, it, just a nightmare. <laughs> it, is, it is stressful. Um, you know, make it, and and you're you're the person that's got to make everybody happy, and and it's and you're not going to make everybody happy. But you know, you figure we have 16 coaches on our coaching staff. You know, there there's different personalities there. Yeah, we all get along, but we all don't always agree with everything that goes on. And ultimately, I have to make the ultimate decision. Um, and then you have. You know, from nine through twelve, you have ninety kids, and I'm in charge of the seventh and eighth grade, you know, staff and 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 equipment down there, and dealing with all those parents on a daily basis. I mean, it it it, it really that first year is is kind of a shock. No matter what situation you're in, as an assistant coach, coordinator, assistant head coach, it doesn't prepare you yeah. for that first year. Um, and then when the season's over, then you got to get the banquet ready, and you got to do this, and you got to get the booster club ready for you know elections and all that stuff. So. I think that, that the biggest thing that it's kind of slowed down for me, um, yeah. you know, going into the third year, you kind of have your feet wet. You understand, you know what to expect. Um, you know, you, you set your expectations. And, and then when you come, you, you take over from a, a previous head coach, he has his kind of, you know, expectations. Um, and, and yeah, he, him and I agreed on a lot of things, but there's things that I wanted changed and, and wanted my way as well. And then trying to hammer that home with the kids and, you know, the coaching staff and, and the administration at the, at the high school, it takes time. And, and I feel like yeah. that going into year three, those expectations and everything that's laid out, people know. And the kids know, the parents know, the administration knows, the teachers know. Everybody that's part of our, of our program knows what the expectations are. Um, but but it, obviously you can't do that year one. And I think the biggest thing is it's slowed down a little bit. Like doing the banquet is not – I can get that done in four days now. Uh, doing the summer calendar is is pretty simple. Now you just pretty much copy and paste and mm -hmm. year before. And, you know, going to a, a college camp is going to be a nightmare no matter how many – you do it in your 45th year, if you're doing it still, it's still going to be a pain in the ass because you're worried about money, you're worried about, you know, transportation. It's just it, – that, that stuff, some of that never goes away. Um, but as far as, you know, the coaching aspect of it, I mean, you know, like my thing is, is it still has to be fun for me uh, and, and it can't be all business and yeah, it has to be business, but it can't, I, I, if I don't enjoy it and I can't go out there and actually coach and have fun doing it, then it's time to step away. Um, and, and it's on me to make sure that I'm doing that and get allowing myself to do that 
and delegating things to my other coaches that I can to allow me to do those things. And, and, and I think that you could probably speak for the rest of our coaching staff. I let my coaches coach. I trust them. You if do. I didn't trust you them, do. I, don't, um, I don't ever come into somebody's drill and be like, hey, you're doing it wrong. Um, you know, everybody's input is welcome. Um, you know, ultimately, as the head coach, you have the final say. But, you know, I, it's not about an ego. It's not about – I know I know it better than you because I played in the NFL. No, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I played in the NFL, yeah. But it doesn't mean that I know how to run a route better than Terrence Turner who played at IU as a wide receiver. Or, or you know, or I can't relate maybe with a kid that, you know, wasn't wasn't a Division One athlete and my, my coach that went to Division Two can relate. But, you know, I'm, I'm so – you know, there's no egos involved, and and but I mean, I mean, as a head coach, if you don't let your coaches help you, and delegate things, and and let them coach, then you're doing yourself a major disservice. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right, and I don't think I've ever told you this, man, but um, I've always appreciated the way that you've handled things in terms of, as you mentioned, letting your coaches coach. You know, um, and it, because it's not a one man show, and you know. Last year was probably one of the, the most fun years I had uh, on the coaching side of things. Yeah, we won 11 games, and, you know, we had a pretty good thing going on. But just the atmosphere of the staff, um, you know, how, how smoothly things went in terms of practices and, and game management. And, you know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed everything, and I'm really looking forward to this year. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But just in terms of the coaching side of things, you can't ask for a better coach in terms of someone that will let you coach, uh, you know, let you say what you have to say. Um, doesn't have a huge ego. Um, you can tell that you're a former player that, that has been through it. I appreciate it. That means a lot coming, yeah. coming from the, you know, my assistants and, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, you know, you said I was the, the 2019, I wasn't the coach of the year. Our staff was, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it you know, those award people ask me, well, what does that mean to you? It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means that I have a great staff around me. Um, you know, it would be different if I was the only coach. Um, then, yeah, I accept that award for me. But I, it, that's definitely not just me. It's it's the, the product of the people that I surround myself with. So let me ask you this. Um, what is a common myth, myth or misconception about coaching high school football that you think is just completely not true? Well, I think that some people, you know, kind of look at it as, as you know, I, I think that some people could understand that it's not very time consuming, that maybe, hey, you're only there from, you know, three to five. At, at, it's not true. <laughs> not true. It's, 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 it is 100% year round. Um, there, there's never really a day off. There's really only two weeks out of the year where I really kind of remove myself from football. And that would be the moratorium weeks that the state of Indiana has set in place, the first one during the 4th of July week. And then we, we don't have to do it, but I always do a moratorium week prior to us opening camp. Those are the only two weeks where I really turn my phone off. Um, I don't answer emails. I don't think about anything football because, you know, I, I have a place of a mission. I go up there and I just, I just disconnect. you got to decompress, I, man. Yeah, I need that for myself. And, and I encourage my coaches to do that. Um, you know, I will tell you that, that, you know, that you, you gotta be yourself and you gotta be true to yourself. And, and it doesn't matter what outside people think of what you're doing or how you're doing it. Um, I will tell you that I did catch some flag last year. Um, as far as like our summer schedule from some of the people in the community tell me that I was more concerned about going to my place in Michigan than worrying about football. 
uh, because we went Monday through Thursday and I gave the kids Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and how many we, games did, did, did the same win last year? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you know, there is a point where, you, you know, sports have turned to year round and, and there, yeah. there is burnout. And if you don't give a 15, 16, 17 year old kid time off and an ability to be a kid. And if you don't give your coaches an opportunity to take a breath and be a person and, and, and enjoy time with their family, then, then, yeah. then, you're doing it wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. my thing, I don't want, I don't want my coaches to ever be burned out. I don't want them to ever think that they don't have, you know, time to be with their family or time to do something that they won't, don't want to do. Because I know from August to hopefully the end of November that, that, that it's, that time is done because we are in the grind. And, and when you play, you know, when you play a, a 14 game season, it, there, there's no breaks. I mean, you're, you're there Monday through Sunday I mean, you're seven days a week, you know, yep. you know on Saturdays, we meet on Sundays. Um, it doesn't stop, you know, and you really have to have a great support staff at home and, and a wife or a significant other that really, you know, accepts the fact that you're not going to be around from August to, you know, December. Um, mm -hmm. and, and your kids, you know, your kids are, you know, I, I told her, you know, I had a conversation with one of our players the other day. I'm like, listen, you, I don't have any sons. You guys are my sons. I got 94, and I got 90 of you. Um, <laughs> being in the quarantine is killing me because essentially I'm not allowed to be around my kids. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's tough. Uh, people that, that think that it's not year-round or think that, you know, that, hey, you get paid too much to be a head coach or you get paid too much to be, uh, you know, a high school football. No, you, we, we don't get paid enough. You work. You work. You don't get paid enough. You work a lot, like you said. But, but again, if you're coaching high school football, you're not doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, exactly. Because you love the game, and you love being around kids, and you love being an influence on the kids. So how how do you balance, you know, your your, your work, your work life, and your home life? Like, is that is that a tough thing to do? It's, it's hard, and and you know, it, it it is tough, and you know, my wife gets frustrated at times, and. You know, I think the thing that helps me is that her dad has, has been a coach for 49 years. So she's, she's, she grew up with it. Um, I do feel bad for my daughters at times. They're eight and four. And, and you know, being young, I don't know if they understand it yet. Um, you know, but, but it, it is hard. You got to find a balance. Um, and then, then you're trying to include in, and in all reality, I mean, you know how we run things. It, every, our coaches were a family. Um, mm -hmm. Friday night games with each other and kids and you know are running around my house and you know they're I mean we try to spend as much time together as we can in the summer and everything and then you know they think your, your wives have to accept the fact that you're bringing 16 new family members in uh, yep. when you have coaches and then the wives and their kids so it's it, trying to do that I think helps balance it um, you know I, where I've been on staffs where you know, after a Friday night game, you go to a restaurant or you go to a coach's house. And you don't include the wife and kids. Um, that's not how. That's, that's not, not exactly. We don't do it that way. We took over is like this is what we're doing. We're trying to you know, if we could have it at my house and and have a post game where we get pizza and the kids can run around and the coaches can talk about the game and, and hang out by a bonfire, that's what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's been a huge uh, addition to our staff and, and and to what we've done the past three years. Um, which I think helps with, you know, the, the, the balancing it. Um, yeah. But really, no, there's really tr no true way to balance it. Um, I think that the thing that you have to do is, is make sacrifices in the off season. Um, you know, you, you know, I went, at, I went to IU and, 
was obviously excited that they went to, you know, went, went to a bowl game this year. And, and everybody that I graduated with was going to the bowl game. And, you know, we had, we had an opportunity. Obviously, I could have went. Um, but my parents always get us a, a, a three-day night stay at, 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 in Wisconsin Dells with our kids and my sister and her kids and them. And my mom was like, go to the bowl game. I'm like, no. I'm like, I've been away from my right. kids for 15 weeks. I'm like, I could watch the bowl game on a TV. I'm like, but you will go to another bowl game, hopefully. But uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I can't – like, if we would have lost in week 10, yeah, I would have went to the bowl game and said, right. hey, you know, we do Great Wolf Lodge next year. But you, you got to make those sacrifices during the offseason. Um, but still, it, it, it's a tough balance. And, and yep. you got to have – Yeah. Home and you, you got to be able to balance it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, again, I mean, that, that fell right into the misconception that, you know, people think it's a three-month job and you're done, right? I mean, it's a year-round job and a lot of people sacrifice for, you know, coaches to be able to coach, uh, mainly the families. And, um, you know, you obviously have a very understanding family, you know, my family as well. And um, we understand, I mean, it takes sacrifice. It takes a lot from the people around you to, you know, get an understanding that, you know, your time is going to be limited, um, but you do the right thing in terms of when you do have that time, you know, you, you use it, you know, you, you're around your family and you bring other families, you know, around. And my wife, I mean, right after those Friday games, we always look forward to, especially when we win, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that makes it easier, but, you know, looking forward to, you know, meeting up, seeing everyone, um, talking about the game, just in, enjoying everyone's company. Um, and I, I, I couldn't see doing it any different now that I've done it that way. Yeah, and I, and I think the neat thing is, too, you know, our practices are open to, like, and, you know, my kids are getting yep. to the age. They want to come to hang out of practice. They come hang out of practice. And, you know, Coach Bloom's had it. His son's been at practice forever. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and <laughs> excuse me, some of our ball boys that in the past years that are now stars for us were at practice every day because they're, they were coaches' kids. And, you know, it's just having that – it's just an open atmosphere. Yeah. And it's a family atmosphere, you know. Yeah. Good. The way it's got to be. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit more more about Hobart. Uh, you obviously uh, are also the dean of students um, at Hobart. So what does that job entail on a day to day basis? Well, I think that makes things a little bit more difficult than just being the head coach. I think in some places, and and, and you look at some of the bigger schools in the state of Indiana. You know, their head coaches. Um, you know an attendance officer or maybe a dean of students mm-hmm. they're technically not you know they don't do that on a daily basis right. but my day is from 745 <laughs> to 36 damn near you probably you work more you work more in school, school than you do on the football field <laughs> you're, you're more students uh you know being yeah. in charge of the sophomore class uh you know when you when you when you're in charge of everything that has to do with the sophomore class on a daily basis it makes it tough um, I'm very thankful to have a very understanding administration team that helps me out during the season um, and, and is understanding if something comes up and we know that it's going to go spill into, uh, you know, after school hours that they, they handle it for me. Uh, but they also know that in turn when it's not football season that I'm going to be right there jumping in and saying, hey, you go home, I, t- I got this. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's not easy. I will tell you it was a lot easier when I was a strength conditioning coach um, I, I, I taught four hours a day and I had the rest of the day off, um, essentially not, I mean, not off, but I mean, I had my planning, I had three up yeah, planning. Yep. Now I don't have that. Um, 
but you, again, you got to find a balance. And, and, and if I didn't have the admin team that I work with, yeah. um, you know, that, that understands that balance, um, that would be very, it would be a lot more difficult than what it is, but I'm very grateful to have a great team uh, that works around me and understands the importance I think of my job as, as the head coach, because the impact that, that we have on, you know, 90 kids within our school is, is, you know, is, is far greater than having to deal with an issue that, you know, after school with, you know, not that it's not a greater, but you know, it, it they understand it. They understand yeah. the value, yeah. um, you know, a, a very successful program in place. And I think that we saw this year when we were winning and, and the, the culture and the climate of the school was completely different than what it has been in the past. Um, so, you know, I think that that really helped them see, you know, the importance of, you know, our job as coaches. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right, man. And I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, last year, I, you know, we would meet after uh, or right before practice, right after school. And I mean, you were running in because you just dealt with the situation or, you know, you just came from a long meeting, whatever it was. And I always thought, I'm like, man, this guy works harder, you know, at school than he actually does on the football field. And he works pretty hard on the football field. So that's what a lot. But again, you know, a, a, a testament to my assistant coaches where I know I could call you know, you or Z or somebody and say, Hey man, I, you got to start practice without me. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not worried about it. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, what situation you're is. It, there, there's always going to be a little bit different atmosphere when the head coach isn't there. Um, but, but I do, I do know, like if I had to miss practice for something that, and, and I never would, but if I right. had to miss a, a period of practice or I was going to be late for 15 minutes, I know that things are going to roll and things are going to go on. And, and I try to preach to the kids all the time that Holbert football is greater than any one individual. Mm-hmm. And if I were not here tomorrow, guess what? The season is still going to go on. Practice is going to still go on, you know, and, and, and it doesn't matter, you know, what player it is, what coach it is. It, it, Holbert football is greater than, than everybody involved. And, yep. and it is a family and, you know, and, and that's why I put people in positions that they're in because I know that if something comes up or, you know, that, that we're still going to be able to, to have a, 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 you know, a successful practice. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do it the right way, man. I, I'll say it now and I'll say it, you know, for the future, you, you do it the right way. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good thing. And I don't think the players understand how good of a coach they have, um, not just on the coaching, the X's and O's, but just on the personal side of looking out for them in times where they probably don't even know you're looking out for them. So, um, I mean, they're definitely blessed, and I'm blessed to, you know, have you have you as a coach. Um, looking back on your NFL playing career, um, what do you miss most about that? Just, just the camaraderie, the locker room. I mean, you know, you miss playing, um, but but you miss the locker room, and you miss just the hanging out with the guys, and 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 you know, that's when you, you kind of look at a lot of a lot of ex NFL players do get into coaching. They do get into whether it's college coaching, whether it's, it's NFL coaching. Uh, one of my best friends from college, he retired from the Carolina Panthers after five years and he became a firefighter. Uh, and wow. the biggest reason he became a firefighter is like, because you can't match that locker room atmosphere. Mm-hmm. This thing that I found that, that could like, you know, you come in and you, you hang out and you work out and you, mm-hmm. you know, you cut up and you go do your job and then, you know, you, you go home and, and, you know, you can't find that anywhere else. Um, yeah. You miss playing. Um, but you know that that's always going to be I, I would agree. The locker room, 
You know, the, the guys, the, yeah. the, the, the relationship that you have with mm-hmm. the 90 guys within their locker room. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it, man. Um, let me, let me ask in five years, where do you see yourself? After you won, you know, five state titles, like what, what do you see yourself? <laughs> I, I hope, I hope that's the case. I, you know, I, I'd still see myself still kind of probably playing the same role that I am as the head coach. Um, you know, my, my daughters are eight and, and four. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, five years from now, my daughter will start my, – my oldest daughter will, will be a freshman at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be eight years. Um, I think that there's, there's always times when you say, okay, I want to give, give it seven years, and that will be my daughter will be a freshman. And, and see what her interests are. If she's, you know, would be interested in sports or see what, you know, what, what, what she wants to be doing. And, and, and can I still – be part of her life and do what I'm doing. Um, I still think within the, the education aspect of it, I'll still, I'll still be a Dean of students. I'm hoping so. Um, I really like my job. I do miss being in the weight room, but I really like the day to day of my job that I have mm-hmm. now, um, you know, and, and dealing with the different problems and a, and a different really demographic of kids. You know, when I was in the weight room, I dealt with our athletes and now I get to see a wide variety of kids and, hopefully have an, uh, an impact on those kids like, like I'm having on some of our athletes. But uh, I don't see a whole lot of change. Um, yeah. you know, I'm hoping that, you know, we, we've have, we've had five winning seasons from now. and you know, Five state titles, man. Maybe, maybe back, to back to back to back to back, like LeBron said. <laughs> five, but, stretch, but at, least, at least one or two in there. Um, yeah. Or at least an opportunity to have, have played for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to ride this out for a little bit longer. And, you know, if I, I'll be 45. And, you know, at that point, if, and if I'm still having fun and I can still manage my family and, and my life mm-hmm. and, and do the things that I want to do, then I'll do it. Um, now, I don't see myself coaching, being the head coach for like 30 years. Yeah. Um, you know, there's it's no a long way. time. <laughs> yes, and it's a lot of um you know time away but I mean you know I, I have my plan for when I, re- when I retire you know I figure I got 19 more years and then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna look into maybe getting out of it and just enjoying life for a little bit you know before you can't know. beat it but, uh, <laughs> but no I mean it, it's you know it, it's hard to tell and you know they could get rid of me next year and and mm-hmm. I don't think that's gonna happen but um no. that's always the case um so you take yeah. a year, year and and you know, you're blessed just to have, you know, another game. And that's what I try to preach to the kids. You never know what it's going to be taken away from you. So enjoy every day. Enjoy, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. So if you weren't coaching or weren't, you know, in, in athletics, what would you be What would you be doing right now? Uh, you know what? If I didn't want to coach, in all reality, I'd probably still be in the mill. Um, okay. Well, I, I really, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed that job. It, it, you yeah. know, I was a in, in charge of 60 guys per turn and I was kind of like their boss and you know I kind of ran my turns and my guys kind of like how I coach my team I let them do their job and I was there to, to, to be the facilitator if they needed something um you know and, and in a lot of ways it wasn't kind of like the U.S. Steel mentality of like being management but I, I kind of like bucked their system because I wasn't the guy that was the yell or screamer I was a guy that like we're gonna we're gonna figure things out and obviously you've been here a lot longer than I have so let's figure it out um, but, but I think that I would have had a very successful career in the mill. Now I, I, I'm glad that I'm not there, um, because it's obviously, obviously very dangerous and, and yeah. 
it's not the environment you want to be in and then working the shifts that you had to work. But I don't know. I, you know, I, I can't see myself doing anything other than what I'm doing now. I've always wanted to coach and I've always wanted to be an, you know, an influence on kids. Um, but, uh, you know, I, one thing that I would do if I wasn't coaching high school, I'd probably be coaching college. Um, yeah. and in all reality, the only reason I'm not coaching college, um, or at least haven't attempted to coach college, not saying that I could, uh, or at least made the attempt to is because I had kids and, and yeah. I can't myself. Um, you know, I, I think it's not that, not that it's selfish, but I, I coached at the Michigan camp for about four or five years in the summer. And I, and I got really close to the tight end coach and we were talking, he's like, Hey, you can coach college football if you want. And I'm like, well, like I got a young daughter and I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. know if it's fair for me to uproot her every four or five years. Yep. You know, very few times do you stay in a place for 20 years and let yep. your kid stay there and, 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 and finish their high school career. And, you know, he's a guy that said, I've been coaching for 25 years and I've moved 17 times. I'm like, I can't do that to my family. That's why I got out of it, man. I said, yeah. you know what? I need more stability. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would have loved the opportunity to do it. And I think I probably could have done it and been, been okay mm -hmm. at it. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm happy here. I know that if I want to be at Hover for the next 25 years, I'll be here. Yeah. And I yeah. plan on going anywhere, um, you know, even if opportunities do arise. And, yeah. and I live here, and this is my hometown, and this is my school, and this is where my family is, and this is where I plan on staying. Nice. Good. Good. Um, let's, let's go. Let's, let's dive into you personally a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the audience, they'll be able to tell your passion for – for coaching, for being a mentor, for, um, for being a leader. Um, you know, you, you, you have a very unique story, um, which I know a lot of people will appreciate. And, um, you know, again, you're someone that I will say it, you've done it the right way. So, um, and I think the audience definitely will be able to tell that. And um, you gave great insight, obviously, on what it's like to be a head coach at the high school level, also a dean at the high school level. Um, your hands are full, but you manage it well. Um, so we want to know, um, or I want to know, I'm sure the audience wants to know, tell me something that a lot of people do not know about you. Uh, I, I love to cook and I'm a good cook. Oh, uh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I uh, guess. Yeah. By, by, by my, my sheer size, obviously someone's feeding me. Um, are you grilling I, or are you, well, I got to do the cooking. Um, I also like to do landscape stuff like, you know, develop landscape, like, you know, Mm -hmm. areas or you know my wife and I just redid our yard we built a fire pit and uh really landscaped the yard but I, I really do enjoy doing that stuff not so much mowing the lawn but like planting flowers and 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 uh and you and, and my father-in-law would I mean he cooks he loves to cook and he loves to plant and you know he has a green thumb so yeah. that's so funny those, those that's what I, I really like doing those things so that's what's so your favorite flower uh <laughs> you look like a tulip guy <laughs> I don't know anything about this flower. I'm not really going to yeah. I don't really about the flower. What does it do? Okay. <laughs> um, what are you curious about or what interests you currently? Anything? I, I think just, just finding better ways of doing what we're doing and just being able to find, to find a way to do it better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you always think that what you're doing is the right way, and, and, but in all reality, there's always a better way. Um, and, and trying to explore options and seeing what other people are doing and always, you know, kind of the coolest thing about, um, you know, our unfortunate situation is we've had to adapt and, and learn some new things. 
and and we were we're fortunate they have a couple of guys that are being recruited by Division One schools. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to talk to their head coaches and their and their position coaches that are recruiting them that are calling me, you know, once or twice a week and and just kind of picking their brains and that actually they're picking our my brain on what do you hey what are you doing with your kids so oh, just wow. just always trying to make sure that we're doing what's best for our kids, um, you know. But I you know just always trying to find something to, to, to trying to improve. Yeah, trying to be better. Good, good. That shows your athletic background, man. You know, always every day you got to get better. Um, all right, last segment we'll get into is the rapid fire segment. Um, you have not seen these questions. Um, I really I wish say, you know. <laughs> I should have. Uh, we keep it light, we keep it fun. Um, you only have 10 seconds to answer these questions. So 10 seconds or less, you got to get an answer out. Um, so really the first thing you think of, shoot it out there. Are you ready? All right, let's get it going. Yes. So, um, number one, Pulp Fiction or Goodfellas? Uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas, nice. Good choice. Uh, San Francisco 49ers or Cleveland Browns? Cleveland Browns. Okay, nice. Brownie. <laughs> uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, how weird are you? Uh Probably probably a four. A four? Yeah. That's the lowest number I've gotten. Yes. I think I'm pretty normal. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I'd be like weird quirks or I think I'm a pretty normal guy. <laughs> okay. I would say myself I'm 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 like an eight. Yeah. In I'm a good not, way. I'm not, I'm, weird in a good the, way. The thing is I'm I'm not that unique. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> average average middle of the road guy. Nothing wrong with that, man. Head coach, you gotta keep it even killed. Yeah. Um what's your favorite place to eat? In Hobart. Favorite place to eat in Hobart is Montego mm-hmm. Bay. Montego Bay. Tell us about it. Jamaican restaurant. Oh, Jamaica mine. The best jerk salmon. It's fantastic. I've never you never told me about this. You have told me about Jill Sosimos, which Jill is Sosimos important too, technically by yeah. Like if you want to go like a nice, like nice sit down there, like Montego Bay. Montego Bay. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um Winter or summer? Summer. Okay. Phone call or text message? Phone call. Short phone uh, call. Sure. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, what about a long Zoom call? How about that? Like long this? Zoom calls are right. <laughs> um, work hard or play hard? Mm. Work hard. Working hard allows you to play hard, so working hard. Okay, good. Um, would you rather be a famous singer or a famous movie star? Movie star. Okay, you got the face for it, man. Okay. For sure. <laughs> um, what is something that you are afraid of? That I'm afraid of? Yes. Yes. Uh, probably failure. Mm-hmm. Um, just just not, not meeting expectations. Okay. Um, what is the most precious thing in your life? My kids. Good. Nice. Nice. Good. Well, there you have it, man. Um, if anyone wants to find out more about Coach Osika, Hobart football, I'm going to ask you, where, where can they find out more information about Hobart football and yourself? Well, best thing would be coming to a game on Friday night. There Other you than go. that, uh, you know, it, it's uh, – I'm, I'm a pretty – open person so you know our, our practices are open um you know and i'll never shy away from having a conversation with somebody 
Um, but I mean, I think just, you know, if you know who I am, approach me and ask me questions or talk to me. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm a very personable person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think at times my size intimidates people, uh, to, to maybe come up and just strike up a conversation. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty soft teddy bear. When you get to know me, I'm not a big yellow right. screamer. I'm a guy that, you know, when I have to, I can be, but, um, I'm pretty approachable, uh, despite my size. Yes, you are. I do, uh, enjoy having conversations with people about, you know, football or other things. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I will speak to that. Um, you definitely are one of the more personable guys, likable guys, um, you know, lovable guys. And don't let, you know, your stature, um, you know, the people don't let his stature fool you. He's definitely a nice guy. Um, and he's very low, like he said, on the weird scale. So it's only a four. So, you know, you're not, he's not going to be too weird. So he's going to be a, a normal guy. So good, man. I'm, I'm glad I had you on here, man. Um, Appreciate I'm, I'm it. Definitely. Thanks for I'm thankful as well, and uh, I look forward to the state title. I think you said you're going to win the state title this year, so. Um, that's, that's, that's the goal. It was written, so there we go. All right, man, well, good seeing you. Uh, I'm sure I'll see your face soon, and uh, yep. be good. Tell the family I said hello. We'll do, T. All right, man. All right, peace. Thanks. Bye.